This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, first of all, the young lady who lived in Kansas, and it's not Dorothy, um, and her name is Sandy Isaacson, she was here for Yontif. There's, I don't know if you remember seeing the clip that we showed of these two women in a basement in Kansas with their, with their son Zachariah, which is my name. Um, so she came up and she made me a t-shirt, which I said I would show her back on the, and, uh, the front of the t-shirt really, it's very nice, or novel with a, with a butterfly. I thought that was really nice. But it's not the front of the t-shirt that really got me. It's the back of the t-shirt that got me. This is the back of the t-shirt. <laughs> so, so, Sandy, I just want to uh, want to thank you in front of everybody. At least somebody listens to what I have to say. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's Facebook with a uh, Facebook with a no. Okay. Anyway, I hope everybody had an amazing yontif. Amazing, amazing yontif. We have two new students here tonight. Actually, three new students that I would like to welcome: Miriam, Leah, and Rachel. They happen to be goldfish. They're in the bowl. I can't get into it, but I was in Eretz Yisrael, and I went to a big Makubal, and he said there were these three girls about 600 years ago who didn't go to any shiurim, and they came back in a Gilgal, and I should make sure that I bring them to every shiur that I go to. So that's the three goldfish that are here tonight. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. Don't go home and say that Wallstein's bringing goldfish. So there, there are three goldfish here tonight. There's a reason that they're here. Um, I'm going to do everything. I didn't, I didn't even get to that. I didn't get to my announcements or anything yet. Um, because this is not really like before Shalema, what I'm about to say. So. Um, this is like before the before Shalema. They look like they need a before Shalema. Anyway, so um, I would, I'm going to ask everyone here not to get upset or angry or judge me by what I'm going to do to these three goldfish this evening. I, I want you to know that before, of course, I would do anything. I ask um, halacha of what I'm allowed to do and what I'm not allowed to do. So whatever you're going to see here tonight is absolutely halachically correct. Even though some of you might get emotional. Of course, the boys last night loved every minute of it. Um, but I don't know how much the girls are going to like it. So this is part of the shear. Actually, that is my whole shear. And... Um, you just have to trust me that I, that before I do anything, I ask Das Tyra. Okay. Um, so, anybody who wants to take home Miriam, Leo, or Rachel after the shear can come up and ask me. Okay. Um, we're doing a parenting workshop in, in a joint effort with Counterforce. It's going to be six sessions, six Sundays in a row, um, November through December. And they're allowing 15 people to be in this group. So the first 15 people are the ones that are going to be able to get into this group. That's it. The max in the group is 15. It's six Sundays. You have to be committed to those Sundays. Um, from uh, it's it's about how better how to be a better how to be a good parent, or how to be a better parent, or how to be a parent, or whatever. But it's good stuff because because. Uh, Counterforce is very, very good, and, and I heard that people that have gone to this, and it's absolutely amazing. So you have to let Avivi know tonight, because we can only allow 15 to be in this group. Okay, Ivy Calazon, 
who is so good. My wife, you've never seen at my share. We're very unusual that she comes to the share. But she doesn't miss Ivy Calazon's share. So I'm not saying she gives a better share than I do, but she definitely gives a very good share. And you should not miss it, because whoever has gone to her share has told me that she's absolutely amazing. And I met her, and she is amazing. And she will be here ne- this coming Sunday, Emir Hashem, at 8 o'clock. So don't miss it. She's really good. It's not just for... Older women, it's for younger women, it's for everybody. She's, she's amazing. She really is amazing. Okay, Chinese auction. This year we're not having a dinner. We did so well last year at the dinner, and we decided not to do that again. Um, so we're not having a dinner this year. We met Shem. We hope to have a Shabbaton. Uh, we're working on a hotel right now. But instead of the dinner to raise money to keep the lights on and keep the goldfish fed, we are um, doing a Chinese auction. So... You can help us in this Chinese auction, of course, by buying tickets, you know, to win the prizes. Um, I'm working on a very special prize that has never been offered in a Chinese auction before. And uh, Avivit says I shouldn't say what it is. Okay, I'm just working on it. Anyway, um, so what we do need, if any of you girls work in a store, or, or you know anybody that has a store that would be willing to donate something for us to raffle off at this Chinese auction. Of course, it's tax deductible for them. It would be a very big mitzvah for us. So if it's jewelry or, I don't know, anything, a, a car rental place, whatever, whatever you, wherever you work, computer place, wherever it is, um, you know, a boat building factory and you want to donate a boat, whatever. Whatever it is, it would be a very big help for us. If you could ask them if they would donate something and, you know, you, they could donate a thing that's worth $100, but we can make $10,000 on that item if that's what people put in for it. So it's, it's much bigger. What they give is worth a lot more than the actual value of what they give because all the people that put money in there, right, so we, we really do need help, and um, we don't want... What? A car would be nice. You bring the car, and we'll, we'll raffle it off. No problem. So we, we need help, and we also are going to need help. It's going to be done in a very beautiful house in Flatbush, and um, we're also going to need help at the actual Chinese auction itself. So we don't bother you guys much, but when we bother you, we need your help. So whoever can help us, will please let us know after this year um, that you're going to try to help us. If you know somebody, maybe a relative that has a jewelry store or whatever kind of store, that, or a restaurant, somebody who's willing to give $100, you know, come to the restaurant and $100, whatever. Anything, everything, anything and everything helps. So... Avivit. Avivit will work it out. I'm even saying her name correctly tonight. Okay. So, um, that Chinese auction will take place on December 9th. How close is that to Hanukkah? It's the week of Hanukkah, right before? Before Hanukkah. Right, so it's the week right before Hanukkah, so it's a good time to win prizes. Okay. Um, before Shalema for Emunah Rachel. Bas Gittel Esther, and Yitzhak Moshe Ben Shoshana. We'd like to wish a very, 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 Ornava Mazeltov to our, to, wait, wait, I didn't tell you who yet, um, to our newest Kala, somebody who's put her heart and soul into Ornava from day one, Miriam Novak in the back. Malutov, who, who always comes from far away, to a very fantastic boy I met him, to Moshe Freed, and um, they should have a good life together. 
and, and have healthy children and a beautiful mishpacha, Hashem. Okay. She said I shouldn't embarrass her. I'm sure I didn't. All right. By the way, I'm funny tonight because I got no sleep last night. So I don't know how long this is going to last. Slatana Bas Bracha, Gavriel, Gavriel Mati, Bas Litana, Yao Bas. How do you, I always say this wrong word. Svitlana, right? Svitlana. Okay. Ephraim Yaakov, Ben Frida, Frida Bas Golda, Maya Bas Anita, Golda Bas Reza, Pinchas Ben Ida, Pinchas Ben Gloria, Boha Ben Gloria, Yafadora Ben Gloria, Uriel Ben Gloria, Risa. By Malka, Ari Ben Leoria, Eliezer Ben Sprinza. That was my grandmother's name. Eliezer Ben Devora, Leah Bat Devora, Shalama Ben Zula, Shimon Yosef Ben Norna, Hannah Bat Mira. Eli? Eli Elizabeth? No, I can't. Elizabeth. What? Elizabeth. Okay. Elizabeth Bas Roiza. And Tina Bas Elizabeth Bas Roiza. Okay. Matan Kel Bas Siona, Hana Huba Toba Bas Renadesta, Chama Basura, Shaina Fega Bas Dina Rachel, Alti Yudas Bas Chaya Fego, Moshe Yichil Ben Brindle, Hanoi Halevi Ben Chana. I don't know, we can say Nechama Basura, Basura. Okay, Baruch Haba, welcome back, thank you. Rufur Shalema, Abraha Moshe Monachai Ben Sarabela. Ruchama, Chava, Bela, Bas, Chaya, Shraga, Fival, Arye, Leben, Chava, Rashka, Shalom, Osha, Yishaya, Ben, Shifra, Chailan, Avigayel, Bas, Sara, Rezel, Chaim, David, Ben, Leah, Miriam, Bas, Eliezra, Nechama, Malia, Bas, Chanamachla, Sara, Leah, Bas, Maya, Ilanis, Esther, Bas, Pesi, Zisel, Shifra, Bracha, Bas, Mudo, Farid, for children, Shtana Bas Sarah, Miriam Liba Bas Chana Rezel. Okay. Rufal Ben Rina. Ilana Bas Kea, Diana Bas Manya, Manya Bas Pearl, Tanita Polina Bas Diana, Yuri Ben Sina, and Eliah Ben Ben Dora. Okay. Esther Rezel, Bas Daba, Fega Bas Liba, Sobel Shalame Bas Daba. Baita Bas Esther, Matal Bas Sarah, Rufal Chaim Ben Chani, Yehuda Ben Rivka, Chaim Ben Rivka, Pinchas Ben Sarah Yehudis, Yehuda Ben Sion Ben Naomi, Chaim Yoyne Ben Daba, Moshe Ben Yomim Ben Daba Chaya, Avram Yisrael Ben Chayaleah, Eliezer Ben Shprinza, Ephraim Ben Badna. Okay. All right. Good. Okay, so uh, we're up to Pashas Bereshis in the beginning. A little bit of a different share. We never gave this share before. Um, actually, this share came to me on Yom Kippur when I was waiting. We dive in early. We dive in with Sikhan on Yom Kippur. So we have a big break between Mincha. We finish Mincha like at 1 o'clock. We don't walk to the Kaisal till like 3.30. So I, I learned a little bit in the Sakta Zuma. And then I put my head down. And this actual goldfish, my chevr over here, this whole idea came in a yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. It was very far away. No, 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 the goldfish came from Petland on Kings on from Petland on Avenue U. But they don't let you bring fish in, in the U.S. Customs. They have these dogs that smell fish. Anyway, so, so I, I think there's a lot of Seat to the Shema, and I hope that the point that I'm going to make tonight um, gets across to me. You guys can watch, but it's really, I'm talking to myself. All right. So, anyone who doesn't believe that the Torah 
was given by Hashem and doesn't believe that the Torah is the real thing, if you learn a little bit, um, just the few words in the beginning of the Torah, there are so many secrets in every word of the Torah. There are gematrias. There are, there are so many different ways of the letters spelling out so many different messages that, that we, just by, just by sitting and learning a little bit, you understand that the Torah has to be given by Hashem. You know, the, the Christianity also has a Bible. But there's no gematrius in the Bible, you know, in Daniel and in Matthew and whatever else they have, but not Daniel, but Matthew and all the other chaver they put together in that book, right? So there, there's no gematrius. There's no Matthew equals whatever, and this one equals that. And, and if you read the Koran, which you should never be reading, right, they definitely don't have gematrius. Um, things that equal what? Whatever the words are, the words say, but there's no secrets in their words. Or at least they don't know about any secrets in their words. There's no Mephoshim. There's no Rishonim. There's no Achronim. There's no walls and walls of thousands of books explaining every single word in the Torah. So, so how could a person even think that, that Judaism is the wrong thing and that we're, you know, we're, we're interested in right now in the middle of reading a book? I'm not going to tell you what book I'm reading because I don't want you to go and never pour the poor, uh, all the bookstores and the next day after Vino Malkeinu, like, what did you do? Why didn't you tell us to buy Brachos books, you know? So I'm not going to tell you the book I'm reading, but, uh, but it's amazing. And um, it was given to me by someone who, it's actually a book, a story, and, but it's like a safer. It's like reading a safer. It's called Escape from India. Um, it's, it's not normal. It's, it's not normal about, about someone who went through Yiddishkeit and whatever, whatever. It's amazing. It's called Escape from India. Don't raid the bookstores, but I'm telling you, don't put, you won't put that book down. You won't put it down. It's, it's a biography about a guy who, who was in an Indi- a Jewish Israeli who was put into an India jail for smuggling um, drugs, and it's just, it's just not normal. It's just not, it's not, it's, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, so um, why did I tell you that? I have no idea. What? I don't know who the author is. doesn't matter. Anyway, um, I have no idea why I told you that. So... Maybe the author needs a little bit more money. Maybe we'll get commission. Anyway, so, Bereshah's Bar Elohim, the reason I'm telling you that is that if you walk into Eichler's in the Svarim section, there are thousands of Svarim on Bereshah's. It's amazing. It's amazing. Judaism is amazing. But we're always interested in what's outside of Judaism. The reason I mention this is that in the book, it talks about how many Jews, Israelis and Jews, go to India to find spirituality. They leave Eretz Yisrael, they leave the Kosel, they leave the Torah, and tens of thousands of Jews go to India every year to find Yiddishkeit, when actually it's right over here in what Hashem gave us. So that's why I mentioned India. So let me tell you some secrets. In the first few psukim of Bereshis, and a little bit of an explanation of what's going on here. So it starts like this. Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, or the beginning, Hashem created. Es Hashemayim v'yetsa'aretz. Everyone knows that. The heavens and the land. Why does the Torah begin with a base? Letter base is the second letter. The Torah should, should begin with an Aleph. First letter. The Torah ends, right? We finished on Simcha's Torah. The Torah ends with the word Yisrael. It ends with the letter Lamed. And it begins with the letter Bez. Because the Torah is all about a person's heart, a person's lave. So the last word in the Torah is a Lamed, and the first word in the Torah is a Bez. And therefore in the Mishnah, in Pekayavos, it says that a lave tov, 
that a person who has a good heart encompasses ayin toiv, chavre toiv, shochein toiv, haroyas anoyelot. A person who has a good heart automatically has a good friend and a good neighbor and a good eye, and that encompasses everything. So the Torah encompasses a person's heart, a person's life. But the reason that the Torah starts with the letter Bez is because Bez is the first letter in the word Bracha. And Aleph is the first letter in the word Arur. Arur means to curse. Bracha means to bless. So Hashem didn't want to start the Torah with a letter that has a word connected to it that has to do with the curse. He wanted to start the Torah with a, a letter that's connected to the word bracha, to the word a blessing. Now, if you take the word barashis bara elokim, I hope some of you have pens tonight, but if you take the word barashis bara elokim, the last letter of barashis is a, is a tough, a saf. The last letter of bara is an aleph. The last letter of elokim is a mem, which spells ms. Barashis bara elokim. The first thing a person needs to know is that the world was created and is based on truth. Truth is what the world is based on. Sheker, falseness, is the destruction of the world. If you take the word MS and you take the Hebrew letters of the word MS, the Aleph has two legs. If you ever see the Aleph that's printed in your sitter, it has two legs. It has what to stand on. The mem has two legs. The tzav has two legs. All the letters in MS have what to stand on. Sheker, a shin, comes to a point. It has one leg. It can tip one side to the other. A kuf has one leg. A reish has one leg. The letters in sheker are on one leg. On one leg, it cannot stand. MS is always on two legs. Very, very fascinating. Another reason that the Torah begins with the letter Bez is that if you begin the Aleph Bez, our letters, with the letter Bez, you will always find that each three letters equal, because again, the three letters are MS, the three letters that began the world is Bereshis, Bar Elohim. So if you take the first three letters starting with the Bez, Bez, Gimel, Dalit, right? Bez is two, Gimel is three, three and two is five, Dalit is four, is nine. MS equals nine, always. Aleph is one, Mem, there's no zeros. Mem is four, Tuf is four, so four, four, and one is, is nine. MS always equals nine. The, word, the letter nine is MS. If you start the Aleph base with a base, every three letters will always equal nine. Base, Gimel, Dalit. Right? Base is two, Gimel is three is five, Dalit is four is nine. Right? Hey, Vav, Zion. Hey and Vav, Hey is five, Vav is six is eleven, Zion is seven is eighteen, one and eight, you'll always come to the source of the number, one and eight is nine. Ches, Tes, Yud. Ches is eight, Tes is nine is seventeen, Yud is one, there's no zeros, is eighteen, eight and one is nine. You know, what? 27 is not, what you, if you do it and you start with the base, you will find till tough, every three letters will always come to the source, it will always come to equal nine. The phone is cut off. It's a new phone. Gotta get it working. Okay. Now, if you start the Aleph base with an Aleph, 
Aleph, Beis, Gimel. Aleph is one, Beis is two, it's three. Gimel is three, is six. You will always find that every three letters in the Aleph phase, if you start with Aleph, will always equal six. Six equals Sheker. Shin is three. Kuf is one. Resh is two. It's six. Sheker is always six. If you start the Aleph phase with the Aleph, every three letters, Tiltaf will always equal six. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world with a base because it had to start with a base. It has to start with MS. Life and this world, uh, any, any relationship between a husband and a wife, between parents and children, a business relationship, a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, always has to be based on MS. It has to be based on truth. And that is why the Mauritius starts with the letter base. But it gets much deeper than that. Now, it says the following. I'm talking a little bit Kabbalah tonight, but I, whatever I'm going to say, I'm not going to go that deep into, so I have a shush to say what I'm going to say. Well, I don't have to think that deeply into what I'm saying. Just enough to make you wonder. It says like this. The, land, the, the, the world was void. But it wasn't void. Because there was a darkness in the world. But not a darkness that was the lack of light. It was a creation, it was something that existed, an actual darkness that could actually put out the light, like black ink that you pour on a white paper. Because it wasn't the lack of light. How do we know it wasn't the lack of light? Because when Hashem created the light, there was still darkness in the world. If darkness was just the lack of light... When Hashem created the light, there should have been no more darkness. As it says in the Pasuk, Elokim, Hashem said Yihiyar. Hashem said there should be light. Vayihiyar! There was light. Now comes something that, that, that in the Kabbalah they ask, it's a very big question. Elokim, Elokim, and Hashem saw as Ha'ar, the light, Kitaiz. That it was good. That means that Hashem didn't know before he created it, that it would be good. How can that be? How could that be that the Torah is telling me he's created, it's like me, I did. I made a painting, and now I'm looking at the painting, and I'm saying, hey, it came out really nice. So the Torah is telling you over here that Hashem created light. He looked at what he created, and he said, not bad. That means that he didn't know before he created it that it would be good. That can't be God. God knew before he created that it was good. So what does it mean that after he created, he saw that it was good? He, he doesn't live in a world of time. He knew before he created it that it was good, or he wouldn't have created it. It's a very big question. Right? We learned this how many times you girls learn Beratius. Right? How many times did I learn Beratius? How does that make sense? Now he sees that it's good. I mean, he didn't know it was good when he created it. He didn't know it was good before he created it. Very hard to understand. Now that he saw that the light was good, this is a crazy share. You, you got, you got, you can't sleep this share. You gotta stick from the beginning or you're gonna lose it. You're not gonna even understand what I'm talking about when I get to the goldfish. You gotta hang out with me on this one. No, cause it's really, it's, it's very deep. Cause the psukim are gonna, are gonna, are gonna, they're amazing. Now that Hashem saw, now that he saw that the light was good, now that he saw the light was good, he decided that I want them separate. 
but I want this light and this darkness separate. Now, if light, if darkness was the lack of light, then once he created by he are, there shouldn't have been any darkness anymore. What do you mean by that he had to separate the light and the dark? If the, if the, if the darkness was the lack of light, then once he created the light, there was nothing to separate. It wasn't dark anymore. So we learn from here that there was something in this world that was dark, that had nothing to do with the lack of light. There's a creation in this world that's darkness. Black hole? It's not, like what? Black hole? No, not talking about the black hole. That's, that's astronomy. That's, we're just the opposite. We're talking about, we're talking, well, first of all, a lot of this is spiritual. But there's something in this world that's, that's more evil than the lack of good. You could say, okay, there's no good in the world, but there is bad. There's a creation of darkness. And the first thing a person needs to know in the first day of creation and the biggest mistake that we do as Jewish girls and boys is that we don't do a vayavdel ben ha'or ben We don't separate the light and the darkness, but we put them together. And I'll explain to you what I'm saying. Hashem said the light is day. This is the first day. This is the first principle. This is the first principle in creation. And that is, don't mix up your light with your dark. You have to make a havdalah. You have to make a vayavdel. Now, let me answer my first question. The question of, what do you mean that Hashem saw that it was good? Okay. So, there's a lot of Kabbalah on this. Every Sefer Kabbalah talks about this. That when Hashem created the world, He sent down a light. And the light was so bright that the world could not handle it. And what happened was, Marachefes, Marachefes, the word Marachefes that He was hovering, the Ruach came with Marachefes. So, it stands for Refach, which is 288, Mace died. That's what the word Marachefes means. What does that mean? I'm not going to get into what it means. It just means that there were 288 vessels in this world that shattered, that were supposed to absorb this light, but Hashem's light was too much for this world. So he sent a light down to this world that this world could not contain. So what Hashem should have, could have, and would have done is take back that light. Take back that light because the world couldn't contain it. Instead, what Hashem did is he took those 288 parts of light and he hid them in the Torah and the mitzvahs that we have. And that's what it says in the Chumash, Vayar Kitov. That he saw that taking this light that the world could not handle and putting it in the Torah and mitzvot for us, that in the end, that's good. Don't take it back to Shemaim. Leave it here for his children. And that when a person learns Torah, and if you've ever seen, I saw a Moshe Feinstein all over Shalom before my wedding, and I walked into his room, and he was sitting there, I went for a bracha, and there was a light on his face. He was like a light bulb. And if you see any tzaddik, a pure tzaddik, and you look at their face, there's a light emanating from their face. 
What do you mean a life? What is he, phosphoric? Where is it, where is it coming from? And the answer is, from putting his head in the Torah, he is taking out the hidden light that was put into this world that the world couldn't handle that Hashem put into the Torah. So what happened? And Hashem said there should be light. And there was light and the world couldn't handle it. And Hashem said, this light, I'm not taking it back. I'm going to leave it in this world. It's going to do good. Now, how do we know that what Rabbi Wallstein is saying is true? Maybe Hashem didn't put it in the Torah. You ready? Listen to this. And Hashem saw the light. So what did Hashem see was good? The light. What am I telling you is this light after Hashem left it in this world? The Tariag Mitzvahs. The 613 Mitzvahs. Alright, let's take the word S-O-R. S. Aleph Tav. It's 401. Ha'ar. Hey. Aleph Vav Reish. Hey is 5. Aleph is 1. Is 6. Vav is 6. Is 12. And Reish is 200. S-O-R is 212. Plus 401. Equals Taryag. Equals the 613 mitzvahs. So the word S-O-R is the gematria, the numerical value of Taryag mitzvahs. So where did Hashem, what is this light that Hashem said is good? The Taryag mitzvahs. Further. Where is the light hidden? Where is this light hidden? Ba-Torah. It's hidden in the Torah. Let's take the word Ba-Torah. Bez is two. Tuf is four, 402. Vav is six, 408. Resh is 200, 608. Hey is five, is 613. The words, Hat Vatayra equals the word SR. Where is this light hidden? Says the Torah, says the Chida. The light is hidden, Vatayra. The light is hidden in the Tayag Mitzvah. You don't got to go to India and you don't got to go on the computer and you don't got to go try to find the light in all kinds of different wrong places. It's all in the Torah. That's where Hashem took this light that the world couldn't handle. Where he didn't go nowhere yet. Now, let's take the word Bereshit's Barah. Why did Hashem create this world? So we know he created for Chesed, but he created it for the Jews because we know that he told them Allah when he created the world that if the Jews don't accept the Torah, if they don't take the Torah, I am going to turn the world back into Tayyub the way into a void. So the only reason I'm creating this world, this world that we live in with all the beautiful things, is so that the Jews should get the Torah. Why did the Jews get the Torah? To be Makabal O Malchushemayim. To be Makabal. The O, the yoke of Malchus Shemayim, that Hashem is a Melech, Hashem is the King, Hashem is Hashem Echad, Ushmai Echad. Where, where does a Jew, where does a Jew Mekabel O Malchus Shemayim? Every day when we say Shema Yisrael Hashem, Lekan Hashem Echad. There's a mitzvah from the Torah to say Kriya Shema. There's not a mitzvah from the Torah to say Shema Nesrei. Shema Nesrei is a Dera Banan. Kriya Shema is a Dera Raisa. Kriya Shema is a mitzvah in the Torah. Why are you saying Kriya Shema, a mitzvah in the Torah? Because Kriya Shema is Mekabel O Malchus Shemayim, that's why Hashem created the world. Let's take the words Bereshit's Barah. Bereshis equals 913. The word Bereshis equals 913. The word Bara equals 203. 913 and 203 equals 1116. Now, when you do, when you do Kabbalistic, when you do Kabbalistic gematria, numerical values, it's called Imha Kailel. You take the numerical 
number of the words, which is 1116, and you add the kailel, the kailel means the words themselves. So, Bereshit Bara is two words. So you add to the 1116 the two words, that's called Imha Kailel, and the number that Bereshit Bara equals in Kabbalistic numbers is 1118. Bereshit Bara, Hashem created the world in the beginning. Why? Why did He create the world? He created the world for Shema, Yisrael, Hashem, Elokeinu, Hashem, Echad. Shema is 410, Yisrael is 541, Hashem's name is 26, as you know, Elokeinu is 102, Hashem again, which is 26, Echad is 13, and them all up together is 1118. The numerical value of the first two words in the Torah, Bereshit Bara, is the exact same numerical value as the Pasuk, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. I did not get past the first two words of the Torah. Look what is going on. And you're going to come up to me and say, how do I know that God created the world and this is the right religion? I didn't even, oh, it just happened that Shema Yisrael equals 1118, the same numerical value as Bereshit Bara. I can hear you tell me, yeah, the HaTorah and the 613 is easy, you know, but Shema Yisrael should equal the first two letters of the Torah. That's not easy. That it should equal 1180. So there's so much hidden just in these words. But what we do learn here is something very fascinating. And that is, and that is, that on the first day of creation, the most important thing for the human being is Vayavdel Elohim Ben Ha'or Uben Ha'choshech. You gotta know the difference between the light and the dark. And when you mix the two, you're in big trouble. And I know you don't want me to talk on the subject matter, but I need to talk on the subject matter because that's really what my shir is all about. This gematria was just to wake you up. But now I'm going to tell you what my shir is all about. If we go to the Nachash, right, who fooled you ladies, haha, didn't fool us, Fooled you guys, and then you fooled us. I don't think anyone understands who Chava was. Chava, Chava was created by Hashem's hands. Chava had no parents. Chava had no belly button, right? She had no umbilical cord. Because if she had an umbilical cord, it would be connected to HaKadosh Baruch. She had no mother. She had no father. She was created by Hashem. I'm not giving you my Chavash here tonight. Why Hashem didn't create her from the Afar. Why he had to take a part of Adam. Why couldn't he just create a woman? Take a woman, right? Just a different little shape. And put a, put a Ruach in her mouth and let her... Why, why do you have to take part of me to make you guys, you know? He ran out of dirt. You know, I'm sure he didn't run out of dirt. So not that you made out of dirt. I'm made out of dirt. You guys are made out of... You guys are made out of Etzen. You're made out of bone, which is a whole different share. Why you're supposed to be on a much higher level than I am. Because... Everyone knows the song, Dust in the Wind. But they never wrote a song, Bones in the Wind. So, dust flies around. And therefore, men, they have to have Tyra and 613 mitzvahs and put on tzillin. Because if we don't, we will destroy the whole world. Because we're made from Afar. But a woman is made from Etzem. She's made from Adam's bone. She's already solid. She doesn't fly around. That's why she's very protective. She was made from his side, not from a rib. That's, that's not true. She wasn't made from a rib. She was made from a tzela, from a whole side of him. And, and therefore, she's supposed to be on a much higher level. And that's why you say, Shasani Kitsainai. It's a different share. You've heard that share probably. That's not where I'm going. But where I am going is, how did this snake fool 
a creation that, I, that God made with his own hands. The snake was not made, right? The snake, well, we don't know that he, if he was made, you know, exactly how the animals were made, but it doesn't say that a Hanachash, that he created the snake with his own hands. However, he put that into, into action. I don't know. Maybe, I, I believe, according to Kabbalah, everything that was created in the world except for man was created by the word of God. What that means exactly, we don't understand. But it wasn't created by the hand of God. It was created by the word of God. As it says, as it says, Hashem said, and it was. Hashem said, and it was. Not by Adam. By Adam it says, Vayitzer. He created a mamash from, with his hands. Well, Chava also doesn't say Hashem said Chava. Hashem created Chava with his hands. How did a snake, right, which was smart, but it was a snake, how did he fool a human being that was created by Hashem's hands? Very easily. So I've always screamed about talking to men you're not supposed to talk about. You shouldn't have gotten into the whole discussion with him, but it's much deeper. It's much, much deeper. Listen carefully. He says the following. First of all, first of all it says, now I have to be, I'm going to use different wording because I once gave this share and I used the word that people who were listening and watching were not happy about so I'm going to try to say it in a very nice way um, but you'll understand what I'm saying he says like this the Torah says like this first of all interesting therefore a man has to leave his mother and his father the davak the ishtoy and he has to cleave to his wife to become one the davak, the ishtoy. Why do they use the word, and the man has to be davak? Davak, any Israeli here knows that devek is glue. Right? So, so why does the Torah use the Lushan that he has to be glued to his wife? That's an English expression. You have to be, you know, you have to be glued. What is the, why is it? So it's very interesting. You know, someone wrote a book, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, whatever, and that were like, we're very, very different. The Torah tells you right away that we're very different because when do you use glue? You use glue when you have two different objects. If you rip your, your shirt, right, so you sew it together. But if you want to put a, a pin onto your shirt that has no, no, no needle, right, and you wanna, you're going to glue it onto your shirt because the, 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 the pin is made out of metal, your shirt is made out of cotton, and to take two different materials and put them together, you can't sew, you can't use the metal and, and stick it into the shirt without, without a needle, of course. So the way, you, the way you glue things together, right, it gives you the ability, when you use glue, it gives you the ability to glue things that are totally different, you know, a button on a chalkboard, whatever you want to glue, it also gives you the ability to glue things and you break a, a, a dish to glue them together. But it also gives you this ability to glue. So the davak, the ishtai, is that a man has similarities. We're both human, but we're very different. But if you use devek, then, then they're able to be one. That's why the Torah uses the word v'davak b'ishtoy. And there's a whole separate share on that. But what happens? Right after that, the Torah says, arumim. Both of them were not dressed. Ha'adam v'ishtoy. The man and his wife. They weren't embarrassed. They were walking around undressed. They weren't embarrassed. Why, were not they, why weren't they embarrassed? Because, listen carefully... Because right and wrong, dark and light, were not mixed. There were finite, different, totally different creations. And since they lived in the light and they had no Yetzirah, so they were not clothed, but they didn't need to be clothed because there was no bad thoughts, there was no Yetzirah. Animals didn't, animals didn't have clothing. 
Fruit didn't have clothing, trees didn't have clothing, birds didn't have clothing, fish didn't have clothing, so the human being didn't have to have clothing. Now, the Torah then uses the next word, Bahanachash, and the snake, Hayarum. Now, the arch scroll translates the word Arum, the serpent was cunning, shrewd, smart. Hold on! You just said, the word Arum means not dressed. So now when you come to the snake, why are you using the same word and translating Arum that he was shrewd? Why did you say the snake was not dressed? And of course the answer is that the snake was never dressed. And the snake doesn't get dressed. So it can't mean in the Torah that the man and woman were not dressed. And guess what? There was a snake that wasn't dressed. Well, hello, there was a hippopotamus that wasn't dressed, and there was an elephant that wasn't dressed, and there was a lion that wasn't dressed. So why would the Torah come and tell me? So the not dressed doesn't mean physical. The not dressed, the unclothed, means the snake was the most unclothed creation spiritually. I, I need to use that word because that word gets, gets it across, but unclothed is as nice as I can get. But he was the worst because he had nothing on. He was the Yet Sahara, he was the Satan. A mitzvah in the next world is your clothing. A good deed is your Neshama's clothing. If you never did a good deed, I'm going to show you what it looks like tonight. A person who never did a good deed. Actually, my boys got scared last night. I showed them what a Neshama looks like in the next world. That only did a virus that has no mitzvahs. I'm going to show it to you tonight, too. We're going to do some Kabbalah here tonight. I'm serious. I'm going to show it to you what it looks like. So the Torah is telling us over here that the most unclothed spiritual being in the world was the Nachash. And his objective is to take all your spiritual clothing off. Every mitzvah, every Dvat Torah, every tefillah, He's going to strip you naked, I use the word, sorry, of your total spirituality. He's going to take every piece of spiritual clothing off you so that when you come to the next world, you have nothing on. And that's what the Torah is telling us here. The Torah is telling us that there was a being that And this Aram this undressed spiritual being came to talk to Chava. And he said to her, tell me, is it true that Hashem said that you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? This snake knew that Hashem didn't say, because we know in Kabbalah it says that the biggest mistake Adam ever made was that the snake had legs and he used to ride it. And Chava used to ride it like a horse. <coughs> and because he was a great servant, we know there were no animals in Ganeiden. How did the Nochash get in here? They're sitting in Ganeiden, Chava and Adam. How is this snake talking to Chava by the tree. He's an animal. And no animal was allowed into Ganeiden. That was just a place for Adam and Chava. And the Medrash says that because they wanted a servant, they brought the Nachashi. 
They brought the TV. They brought the Facebook. They brought the internet. They brought the DVD into their Gan Eden. Because they wanted it to serve them. They didn't want to do things themselves. So they rode the Satan. They rode the Nachash. The Nachash was their servant. They brought it into their Gan Eden. Girls, how many of us bring the Nachash into our Gan Eden? How many of us sitting here, how many of us bring it into our houses, into our lives, and into our rooms, into our Gan Eden, into our Torah, into our Tzniyus? How many of us invite that Nachash in? Because it makes things easier, Rabbi I can't reach my friends, so I'm going to Facebook. It's easier to reach them. I'm not going to call them. How many of us bring this Nachash into our Gan Eden? That was their mistake. So now the Nachash was hanging out. He was chilling. And he, he knew how to get Chava because a woman likes to talk. And he knew that. And he also knew that she wanted a certain equality with Adam. And she wasn't there when Hashem gave Adam the commandment that you can't eat from the tree. She, if you look in your Chumash, she wasn't created yet. Hashem told that to Adam. He created Adam. He brought him into Gan Eden. He said, don't eat from the tree. And then he created Chava. So Chava never heard the commandment not to eat from the tree. She heard it from Adam. So she was once removed. So, <laughs> so Adam spoke to God and I did it. So when the, when the snake said to her, you can't eat from any tree, she said, oh no, that's not true. You can eat from all the trees, except you can't eat from these two trees. And by the way, being that now she has to add on to what Adam told her because she missed out what Hashem said. So she added on, it's a machlaikas, but she added on and said, and not only that, you know what I have to say? You can't touch the tree. That was her own thing. Because she missed the whole first story. So now she has to be involved also. Because it can't be just my husband knows what's going on. I also know what's going on. Not only you can't eat from it, you can't touch it. Said the Aram, said the snake. Ah, now you're a macher. You're a macher. You're getting, you, you, you want to be a macher? Now I'm going to jump into that one little whole weakness that you just gave me. That you also want to be equal. Equality! Women's equality. We got to be equal. Meshugam. Meshugam. Fools. Why do you want to be equal? You're way ahead of us. You want to come down and be equal to man? You're a Sani Kitsono. I'm not. You were made as the will of Hashem. I'm not. We want equality. Equality for a woman and a man is for the woman to come down a million steps to be equal to a man. You're not going up. You're coming down. You don't need to wear tefillin. If you needed to wear tefillin, you'd have a commandment to wear tefillin. So you want to wear tefillin? It's like a kid. You know, in my class, I remember I was teaching once, much younger kids, and a kid never broke his arm. And they put him in a cast. Guess what? All of a sudden, the whole class wanted to have a cast. You know, kids, right away, first kid that gets glasses in the class, everyone goes, oh, I can't see, ma. I need glasses. Actually, the reason I got glasses is because the guy in my class had glasses. And I thought it was very cool. I'm serious. All of a sudden, I couldn't see. What do you mean? Why do you want glasses? He never can't see. You can see. I want equality. I want to wear a cast. I want equality. Are your legs not broken? I know. But he has a cast. Equality. So the women run around. Equal rights. I want to put on tefillin. You don't need tefillin. That's a cast. I got to sit and show and put on tefillin. Because if I don't put on tefillin, I'm going to be busy destroying the whole world. Running after women. Stealing. 
This the Gemara says. So Hashem said, Oy vey, these guys, these guys, we got to really kill them. Three times shul, learn, the daf yoimi, fast, daven, tzitzes, trillin, 613 mitzvahs. My daughters, my daughters don't need a cast. My daughters don't need to tie to their hands every day trillin to remember that there's a Hashem. You know why? Because my daughters send their kids to school every morning and when she's packing up for her little Chaim or her little Esther, she's saying, Hashem, please do me a favor. Make sure she's okay today and she doesn't catch all the colds of the rest of her class and make sure she has good friends. And Hashem, I'm begging you, I made her such a good sandwich, she should please eat it. What a woman davens just sending her kids to school is so much more than I daven a whole morning. What a woman davens that her husband should be safe and that his that he sh- he shouldn't get crazy because he's losing a lot of money. What she just davens privately in one day in her house about her kids and her husband is a million times more heartfelt than any man could ever daven three times a day in shul. No, I want to be in a minion. I went to this place. The women are in a minion. Shugam, you don't need a minion. You are a minion. Every woman is a minion. If you needed a minion, what, yeah, Hashem fell asleep? If you needed a minion, he would tell you, you need a minion. You would be part of a minion. If you needed tefillin, he just forgot about what you need. He says, my daughters don't need tefillin to remember that there is a Hashem. They don't need to wear tzitzes all day long to remember that there's a Hashem. A whole day they're talking to Hashem. They're worried about this and they're worried about that and they worry and they worry and they're up a whole night. They need to say Kriyashma at night. They say Kriyashma a whole night. A whole night. You turn it, you wake up, your wife is sitting there, she's up. What are you up? I'm worried about the kids. Go back to sleep. She's back to sleep. You wake up an hour later, she's up again. What are you worried about now? I'm worried about the bills. You wake up two hours later, it's four o'clock in the morning, she's writing a list. What are you doing at 4 o'clock in the morning writing a list? I want to make sure that we have everything for Shabbos. It's Sunday night. What are you doing? <laughs> so a woman has to go to sleep with Sifrei Musser and all this stuff. No. No, she doesn't because she's always connected. She's a Sani Kurtzano. Chavo. No. Adam talked to Hashem. I didn't. So I'm now going to, I'm going to be Hashem for a moment and I'm going to add something. You can't touch the tree. Oh, you're jealous. You're jealous. Then we're going to work on your jealousy. So what does he say to her? He says the following. He says, and then we'll get to my fish and we'll let you go. She says like this, From all the trees, Hashem said you can't eat. And you can't touch a pentamusin because maybe you'll die. This Aram Nachash said to the Isha, what are you talking about? What's with the dying bit? You're not going to die right away. By the way, she said you're going to die right away. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.